onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 9 Winds of Change Give me a meter-length pipe, brass. Yes, Baron. Jinx bristled, but ignored the reply as she worked herself elbows deep into a section of Billowa's pipeworks. They were near the regulators, so she needed to focus. Focus. But it was getting harder the more people tried to help. Lux said she needed to be nice to them. If Lux said it, then it must be true, because she was good and perfect. She was always right. At least she was right a lot more often than Jinx was. That didn't change the fact that that word kept popping up. The word. The name. The title. Baron. She grabbed the pipe as it was handed to her and fitted it into the section she had just finished before starting the welding process. It was delicate work. Chem-treated brass wasn't like iron. They would melt more quickly, and the treatment could cause reactions at certain temperature thresholds, but the treated brass wouldn't oxidize or rust or flex once it was fitted. It was the best stuff for the job. Anything else? She was young, Jinx thought. Maybe teens? Something like that. It was hard to tell. Her eyes were bright, though. Bright and shiny. Nah. Jinx grunted as she leaned in and flicked on the arc welder. Just, uh, stand over there. She nodded to the corner, and the girl scampered away. If Jinx kept her head down and buried in her work, she could pretend that there weren't people watching. It was easier that way. It wasn't necessarily that Jinx liked scaring people away. Sure, it could be funny, and truthfully, she didn't dislike it either, but this was different. The people here just weren't scared of her. Not just that, they... They were kind of the opposite, and Jinx wasn't really sure how to approach that. Lux said it was good, and Lux was always right. That meant that if she tried to make it stop, she'd blow it all up again. Bad Jinx, don't blow it up. Don't blow them up. They seemed nice enough, anyway. Jinx cranked the last bolt into place, wiped the grease from her brow and her hands then backed up and slid the plate back into place before turning around and shouting, Try it now! The regulator was a few meters away, and standing in front of it was a ghost. Not a ghost, a person, a friend, an enemy. Jinx knew his face and the markings that were on it. They tickled at the back of her mind, reminding her of places and voices and things that she'd forgotten. She wasn't sure she liked it, but at the same time she wasn't sure she didn't. All Jinx knew was that, out of all the people in the plaza standing around and gawking at them, Echo was the only person she trusted not to mess up her machines. She wasn't sure why she trusted him, little man, little man, but she did. Even though he had tried to kill her a few times, and she'd tried to kill him a few more, she trusted him. Whenever she looked into those eyes, she saw something familiar. Echo pulled the lever, and the thrum of the regulator picked up. Jinx flopped down and pressed her ear to the plate that was covering her latest modification, and her grin widened as she heard the flow of water and the faint hum of chemical electrical impulse. It was working. It's working! Jinx crowed. Echo let out a sharp whoop 
and the plaza erupted with cheers as Jinx scrambled to her feet just in time to catch Lux, who barreled in to wrap both arms around Jinx and with a happy cry. Jinx swung her wife around gleefully, capering on the spot as the regulator began pumping out gallons of clean water. You did it! Lux nuzzled against Jinx's cheek. Y yeah, Jinx said shakily. I did it. I knew you could, Lux said as Jinx let her down. She leaned in and caught Jinx's lips, kissing her full on the mouth in plain view of everyone, because here they didn't have to hide. In Bilwa they could be themselves, and Lux could shine her light as bright as she liked. She was happier here, and that made Jinx happy. I love you, Lux whispered their gut-loud promise, and Jinx repeated it back as she caught another kiss between the words. A hand clapped onto her shoulder and Jinx looked up. Echo was smiling at her. It was smaller than Lux's. It was a small, sad smile. It's hard to make friends with someone when there's a river of blood and blown-up body parts between you. She remembered that much. She didn't remember all the fights, but she remembered a lot of the bodies. She dreamed of them sometimes, of explosions and bullet storms and little firelights falling in pieces around her. Good job, Echo said quietly. This means a lot to these people, and to me. Jinx shrugged. It wasn't that hard, she said with a small laugh. I mean, all Pilty Tech is just clocks. Tick, 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 follow the ticking and you can make it tick. I barely understand a word you're saying, you know that? Echo said with a laugh. But I don't care because Bilwa won't ever have to worry about a sumpfall again now, and it's because of you. Because she's brilliant, Lux said proudly. Beneath them, the regulator systems ticked and talked and thrummed and popped. It was the culmination of a project she'd been working on for the past few months, a project that she'd needed help with. She'd asked Echo because he was the only one that she was sure wouldn't mess up her plans, but then he'd gone and asked everyone else, which had been a little annoying. Except that it worked. Within weeks, the people of Bilawa had started piling up scrap. All the bits and bobs she could ever ask for, nuts and bolts and tons of brass. Echo had just made it happen, all at the low, low price of telling everyone in Bilawa that she was going to be taking apart the regulator and the whole of the secondary manifold system to make sure that it couldn't open again without her say-so. After all, this was home. If the heavy rains came again, and they would eventually, then there was no guarantee she'd be able to redirect it again. Damn six had been a gambit, and it had worked. But all the pipes leading there were scrapped now. They'd been closed off, so there was no redirecting it that way again. If they came, then the manifold would open for sure that time, and there would be no stopping it again. But that was because of Pilty Tech, old clockwork that ticked and talked to each other through little clicks of cogs and gears. It was complicated, but it wasn't impossible to teach them to tick and talk in different ways, to make sure they ticked and talked to her first before making some big decision like opening the sluices and sluicing away the people and houses in a great big sumpfall that would wash away her new home. Jinx liked their home, after all. It was better than the spire, honestly. The spire was too high, too cold, and there was too much brass. Zon was better. It was warmer and familiar and not so exposed. Lux seemed to like it better, too, and that was all the reason that Jinx needed to protect it. Jinx? Lux tapped a finger on her nose, and Jinx blinked and looked down, then smiled. 
Yeah? You were staring off at nothing again, Jinx said. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, Blondie, Jinx said before pecking a kiss onto her forehand. Lux had never looked more like a Zonite, her bright Damasian blonde hair notwithstanding. She was wearing patched and reclaimed leathers tied off with belts where they hung loose. You had to do that because, when you lived in Zon, fitting through tight spaces was a fact of life, and getting your tunic caught on a scrap of metal while you were running from enforcers, or possibly an exploding boiler, was a good or bad way to die. Belts were a literal lifesaver in Zon. Nice work, Baron, Echo said wryly as he clapped a hand on her shoulder. Jinx's grin snapped taut across her face, and she shrugged his hand off. Don't call me that, she said in a tone that had him stepping back. And thanks. Couldn't have done it without you, little man. Uh, yeah. He shot a look at Lux, who waved him off, then got to work shooing everyone else away. Most of them were headed towards Jericho's food stand or to one of the other stands in the plaza. She spotted Chuck, who waved at her. And his woman. Jinx couldn't be bothered to remember her name yet, but she made Chuck happy, so that was good. And she waved at her, too, if a little weakly. You hungry? Lux asked. Dunno, Jinx said quietly as she turned to look quizzically at the regulator. Don't think so. Lux slipped her arms around Jinx's waist from behind and rested her head against her back. You did something incredible today, Jinx. You really did. These people won't have to live in fear anymore thanks to you. You know that. I guess. What's wrong? Jinx shook her head. Dunno, it just feels... itchy. Itchy? Lux raised an eyebrow. What do you mean? I mean itchy. Jinx said, but in the brain. She threaded her fingers through the hair on her scalp. I don't know, Blondie, I'm just... Everyone keeps calling me that... that word. Baron. As in Ken Baron. Jinx was no Baron. She was a bomb and a bullet and a Jinx. Except she wasn't a Jinx anymore, right? Wasn't that right? She wasn't supposed to be a Jinx anymore. My name is Jinx and it stands for Jinx, she muttered. You're not a jinx, Lux said, stepping in front of her and taking her hands. I promise you're not a jinx. Not anymore if you ever were. You saved these people. She gestured around at the happily celebrating Bilawari. You protected them when no one else would, and now they're grateful to you. They see you as their leader because that's what happens when you step up and protect people. I don't want it, Jinx said still staring at the chugging regulator. She had fixed it. It was fine. Dad was a baron. I was his bomb. I was his jinx. But I was never going to be baron. Are you sure? Lux asked. Jinx turned away from the regulator to look down at her and shook her head. Yeah, look at me. I'm not a baron, Blondie. I mean, are you sure he wasn't intending for you to be his successor? Lux asked. Jinx snorted. That ain't how Kim Barony's work here, Blondie. You don't just inherit a stretch of Zon, you take it, and then you hold it and you kill anyone who tries to take it from you. Isn't that what you were already doing for him, though? Lux asked. I... Jinx started to deny it, but choked on the word. I wasn't... I was his... She shook her head and clammed her lips shut. Lux took her hand and squeezed it gently. 
From what you've told me, you remember, she started. I think your father loved you very much. And I think he wanted to leave something better behind for you. Remember? Stupid memories. Jinx hated memories, most of them anyway. The ones she'd made lately. Memories of bright blue eyes and blonde hair and long, languid nights weren't so bad. But the ones before that, the ones that were all fire and death and screams that wouldn't stop echoing in the back of her mind, those ones she could do without. Every time she tried to think about it, it hurt. And worse, it was thinking of the good things that hurt the most. Violet. Little man. Dad. I don't remember, Jinx whispered. Lux looked around, then sighed as she pulled at Jinx's hand, tugging her towards their home, and Jinx followed silently. Her mind was pinwheeling, and when that happened, her usual response was to just blow things up until the noise and spinning stopped. She didn't know how to do that anymore. Not really. It didn't work the way it used to. She had Lux now, though. Lux would take care of her. Lux always took care of her. So she let Lux lead her through the narrow streets of Billowa, past the wind-chimed church, and up the steps to their new home. Lux let her go before fitting the key, opening the door, and stepping inside, then turned and held her hand back out for Jinx. Well, she said. Jinx looked down at the door, then back up at Lux before smiling and saying, I'm home. Welcome home, Lux replied, smiling back as Jinx took her hand and let herself be pulled past the threshold. Night had fallen quietly on Billowa. It was the sort of heavy quiet that only happened after a long, loud party where all the attendees had managed to work themselves into an inebriated stupor or otherwise just exhaust themselves to the bone. Together she and Lux had listened to Billowa celebrate their freedom from the unthinking blade that Piltover had put to their neck, and then they had celebrated in their own way. Ching slid on her side, watching Lux sleep, tracing her eyes up and down the familiar slopes of pale skin. Occasionally, Jinx reached out and laid her hand on Lux's hip and ran her fingers up and down. It was a comforting touch. Even if she couldn't feel it very well, Lux found it comforting too, even in her slumber. She smiled unconsciously when Jinx touched her and that made Jinx smile too, because it meant she was doing a good thing. It meant she was doing the right thing. Some nights, watching Lux was all Jinx could do. It was like staring into the heart of an explosion that never stopped. It was bright and perfect and beautiful. She was bright and perfect and beautiful. Tonight, though, tonight was different. Tonight her limbs were twitchy and her bones were itchy, and she wanted to move. Where? Jinx had no idea where, but she knew she needed to move. Leaning down, she brushed her lips against Lux's cheek, and Lux made a quiet, sleepy hum before rolling over and taking most of the blankets with her. Jinx sat up and slung her legs over the edge of the bed and pulled on a set of her spare leathers before attaching her prosthetic with a faint electric snap. Then she stood, and just as she made to leave, a whim took her, 
and she turned back and went to the closet. There, hanging from a hook, was her father's coat. It was his, she knew that. She could almost picture him. It was easier to smell him, cigars, old leather, and the smell of his medicine, the smell of shimmer. It was faintly sweet in a toxic kind of way. Jinx took the coat, pulled it on, and quietly slipped out of the house. Even outside, Billowah was quiet, but it was a very Zonite sort of quiet, which was to say not actually quiet at all. No matter where you went in Zon, you could hear the machines running. You could hear the air filters laboring to purify the toxins that they sucked in, and the thump and pump of the piping system that lay just beneath the streets. It was the beating heart of Mother Zon. Jinx moved down the street, letting her feet take her somewhere. She was never sure where she was going most of the time until she got there, and that had always served her fine. This time, though, this time it just left her confused. The high doors of the wind-chimed church rose before her. They were unlocked because they were always unlocked. If there was one thing that Zonites considered to be sacred, it was the holy places of Janna. To destroy a place like that was like asking to die in the gray. Jinx had never given Janna much thought. She was a distant god if she was there at all. Now Jinx knew that Janna existed, her spirit was oathed to the League, same as the Kindred and some of the other more mysterious creatures of Runeterra, but the Janna of the stories. The Janna that swept the Grey and filled Zon with clean air all those centuries ago, that Janna was probably a myth. Pushing the door open, Jinx stepped inside. Soft, pale light suffused the air, and the faint silver jingle of a hundred wind chimes hanging from the ceiling played softly as Jinx shut the door behind her. It wasn't a large church. There weren't any large churches in Zon. There just wasn't enough room. This church, though, it was big enough. There were dozens of mats laid out across a floor that was some ten meters long, and a little better than half that wide for people to kneel while they prayed. And the far wall of the church was candlelit, mural-festooned, with bluebird medallions and stained in chemical paints depicting Janna rising. It showed an ephemeral woman with white, wind-swept hair carried aloft, rising from the chasms, and taking the gray with her. That was the oldest part of the church. There were two newer murals done in the past month and a half that lay on either side of Janna. They were smaller, but not by much, and they depicted two very different figures. The one to the right was lithe and smiling, and Jinx very much liked the smile in the mural. There was mischief in it, something more wild, something that captured what Jinx saw in Lux every day. The Lux in the mural was clad in leathers and a deep cowl, but sunlight streamed from beneath it, framing that perfect face. Light, too, streamed from between her fingers as she stretched out her hands in aid to anyone looking at the mural. And beneath that were Gutlau markings that said, Our Lady of Light. The left-hand one, however, that one Jinx didn't like. She hated it, in a way, even if she couldn't put a finger on why. 
Shimmer pink eyes stared out from the mural from beneath ocean blue braids over a mongrel smile. The figure wore the same coat that Jinx was wearing, and her arms were raised up and hands held out, and in her right she held a simple mining explosive, a long-time symbol of Zaun's minor class, while in her left metal hand she clutched a set of broken brass chains, and behind her, behind and around her were blue, sweeping waves, as if she were standing in the path of a great deluge. Beneath that mural was something that she had started to hear bandied about the food plaza and the pubs, a name, a title. Before this, she had always been Jinx, 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 the curse, the bad omen, the one who killed everything she loved. Now, though, the people were talking about her differently, and Jinx wasn't sure she liked it. They called her Baron. They called her Leader. They said that the deafening roar of Dam Six's death had been heard throughout Zaun and Piltover alike. That it had been the first of many that would remind the people of Topside that Zaun would not let them keep bleeding them dry, and that if they tried, that roar would sound again. The roar of Zaun. Are you all right? Jinx whipped around. She hadn't heard the door open or sensed anyone behind her until that moment. She could count the number of people who could sneak up on her on her left hand, and that was without her prosthetic, so how? The woman was wearing layers of rags and patchwork leather, sewn and mended so many times it was hard to tell what the original color and shape even was and she gripped a length of pipe like a walking stick as she moved slowly up the length of the church. The end of her pipe clicked against the floor as Jinx settled, then crossed her arms. You know? Jinx asked. Yes, the woman replied. And no, I've been here before. Takes a hell of a time, lady. Everyone's asleep. Jinx looked down then shrugged and gestured at the mats. You can keep it on the mats, though. I doubt Janet gives a shit. The woman chuckled faintly as she looked out from beneath her chem-stained hood at Jinx and smiled, then looked over her shoulder at the murals. Those are new, she said. Yeah, Jinx replied. I'm probably gonna knock that one down, though, so don't get used to it, she said, nodding at the mural of herself. The beggar woman raised an eyebrow. Why's that? I think it looks nice. It's a lie, Jinx spat. Hmm. How do you know? Jinx raised an eyebrow as the woman moved up to one of the mats and slowly lowered herself down until she was seated, with her heavy mass of filthy leathers and rags pooled around her. I'm Jinx, and it stands for Jinx, Jinx said hollowly. I, I blew it all up. I remember that I blew it all up. I broke everything, and... and, and... Jinx hung her head, gripping it with the fingers of her metal hand. And I don't want to remember. I don't... I don't like it. We all have memories that we regret, Jinx, the woman said. I should just knock this whole place down, Jinx spat. Break it all, burn it, kick it over. Her fingers twitched for her guns only to realize that, for once... She had actually left them at home. That was the last time she'd forgotten to bring her guns. 
Part of me wishes you would, the woman replied quietly. Jinx turned to eye her quizzically. Yeah? She smiled even wider. Wanna help? Give me ten minutes and I bet I can turn those votive candles into something louder. Chemical wax does funny stuff when you mix it with the right oils. The woman huffed out a laugh that turned stronger as it went on until she was chuckling. Weird. Her voice sounded weird. It sounded like... Wind chimes. Ice sluiced down Jinx's spine as she stepped back, then looked up. She'd been so wrapped up in her own head that she hadn't noticed when the chimes hanging above her had gone silent. And that was impossible. The air of Zaun never stopped moving because of the filters. The lungs of the city were always dragging in air one way or exhaling in another. But it meant that there was always a breeze. Always. Jinx licked her lips nervously as she looked back down at the laughing woman who looked up. And Jinx saw the eyes beneath that cowl, really saw them and paid attention. Those eyes weren't just blue, they were pale blue, so pale that they were almost white. And they were lit from within so subtly that they glowed with the same soft blue that suffused the church itself, and framed by long locks of pure white hair that fell from within the cowl. As her laughing subsided, she smiled. So? she asked. What are you waiting for? Jinx looked back over her shoulder and up at the mural of Janna, then back down at the beggar woman and swallowed thickly. Are you going to stop me? Jinx asked. Why should I? It's yours, isn't it? The woman shook her head. No, she said. This church is yours, all of yours. You and everyone in Zaun. It belongs to all of you, and it always has. I'm not like you. Jinx's voice cracked. I'm not. The woman made another quiet wind chime hum, then shrugged and said, did anyone ask you to be? Jinx gripped her metal hand with her real one. And there was no feeling in it. There never was. There would never be again. She had given it up to stop the sumpfall, and she didn't regret it. That was the weird part. Jinx imagined that she should regret losing her arm for the sake of a bunch of gutter snipes whose names she didn't even know. But she didn't. Jinx looked up sharply at the smiling beggar, suddenly furious, and snarled out, Why me? Where were you, huh? Where were you when the Piltiest came? Where were you when the rain was coming down? Where were you when I killed me? The beggar's smile faded, and the light in her eyes dulled as Jinx choked on her words, swallowed, and let out an inquit noise of rage before stomping down the length of the church grabbing the woman by the collar of her rags and hoisting her bodily off the floor. Where were you? Trying to save as many as I could, she whispered as she let Jinx manhandle her. And it wasn't enough. It's never enough. The strength went out of Jinx's arms and legs, and she dropped the woman and sagged to her knees. 
Jinx wrapped her arms around herself and shuddered as tears began tracking down her cheeks. The sound of Pow Pow's barrels roaring filled her ears, lighting up a room, lighting up faces in the dark. She hung her head and swallowed convulsively as she tried not to remember that night, tried not to remember the roar of the barrels and the roar of the rocket that came after. She tried not to let the blinding rage come back, but it wouldn't. She couldn't find it. All she could find was the shadows and the laughing whispers and staticky voices that were hissing and snapping and accusing. She wanted to forget again. She needed to. Black it all out, make it all go away, burn it all down. Arms clad in rags went around her and pulled her clothes. And despite the filthy garments, she smelled like salt hair and a clean, filtered breeze. I don't remember, Jinx admitted. I can't hold on to it. It's, it's, all, it's all slipping away. Who you are is who you have always been, the woman replied. I'm Jinx. It stands for Jinx. Don't let it slip away again, she said quietly. This time you must be strong enough to remember and to hold back the coming darkness. I don't want to, Jinx sobbed childishly into the beggar's rags. I know. A gentle hand patted her back. But I also know that you will move all the stars in the sky for that woman you love. Lux. For Lux. Jinx swallowed, then nodded as her tears continued to stain the filthy rags. For Lux, she could fight. For Lux, she could win. Maybe, maybe for Lux, she could also remember. A pair of slim, elfin hands settled on her cheeks, and the woman drew back. And at the same time, she tipped Jinx's head up. Their eyes met, and Jinx's breath caught in her lungs. Those eyes. They weren't and had never been anything like mortal. They were like the winds of a tempest, staring down at her out of the sky. What do I do? Jinx asked. Those hands stroked her cheeks softly. And finally the woman said, You must do now as you did once before. You must stand before the tyrants and roar. Wind chimes jingled and played through the air and Jinx blinked. The woman was gone. There had been no movement and no snap of energy, no power, not even a whisper. She was just gone. Jinx sat back and gripped the sides of her head as she sat in front of the empty mat and stared forward. It had felt real. It had, hadn't it? Hadn't it? The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, 
Get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.